0: So, so excited for today's show. Had Walter Bond on the show. Walter went from being a college reserve to an NBA starter, from a retired basketball player to Hall of Fame motivational speaker. He's got a huge, huge, huge transformational talk. He's a, just The power he brings, the message he brings about moving forward, about really taking charge of your life and just taking control of your setting and through that, using mindset to get there and why it's so important to surround yourself with the right people, to engage yourself with mentors and then become that mentor for others and to just keep moving forward just like a shark does. So check out this episode. It's a great one. Let's do this. (music) Hello there. Hey, Walter, thank you for coming on the show. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic. Great. How, How are, are you Walter? doing?
0: I'm doing actually really good today. It's been a great day. And, I, and pretty much, I'm home with family. i got three little kids. We're having a really good time. So I'm, so I'm really just enjoying every moment with them. And then for that, just, I, I think now even being, they're not even going to school. So, so they're growing so much as they do. And with that, it's like, I don't even, I can't even recognize it. Cause it's like right in front of you. Right. It's like yeah. you growing up and then you see someone for like 10 years out and they say, how'd you get so big? And it's like, well, it's been 10 years. But when you, when you're in front of them every day, you're like, you're looking at them like, man, we just went through three shoe sizes, which just happened. Right. That's and that, right. That's, that's the right. quick things that happen, you know? That's right. So that's right. I, I've gotten mine out of the way, but I really want to talk. Cause what I'm curious on is that you, you get to talk to a lot of wonderful people. You, you get asked a lot of questions and What is the topic that you love speaking about that that no one or very rarely asks you to talk about?
1: That's a great question. I mean, again, I talk all the time and I'm on Zoom all day, um, every day, all day. And um, the one thing I love to talk about that I think a lot of people don't think about really is mindset. You know, if you think about success or the one thing that can hold a person back, from either being successful or quote unquote, reaching their potential is mindset. You know, if you even look at a homeless person and I do that sometimes, you know, you drive down the street and you just look at a person who's homeless, right? And you ask yourself the question, what, what happened, you know, for you to become homeless? Mindset, right? And then you go and sit down with a billionaire and say, man, dude, how did you, you know, how did you become a billionaire? Mindset, right? And so the one thing that can be the differentiator for all human beings is mindset. And so that's what you know we have a slogan yeah. called Shark Mindset," And we're committed to helping individuals build their mindset. You know, because I'm an athlete and I'm a Chicago kid. I could give you a list of ball players. Mm-hmm who were better than me, as good as me, that you never heard of, that never made it beyond the playground, never made it out of high school, that were literally better than me. And if you go back to it, what was it? Mindset, right? And so the one thing that's indigenous to the human spirit and our ability to be successful is mindset. So when we talk about the shark mindset, we really teach people how to become successful. And it's relatable to everyone at every level. And there's a reason why sharks run the ocean. And so it's based on my book Swim. It's about a shark, a sucker fish, and a parasite. And it's a great business parable. But at the end of the day, mindset is everything. Because you can have the skill set. But if you don't have the mindset, in fact, if you have to choose between mindset and skill set, give me mindset right and i'll take a hit on the skill set but i can't afford to compromise my mindset
0: you know and and in that direction right it, it there's so many times where the mindset is so important because the first step of the day is we have to win against ourselves to get ourselves ready. Right. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Cause we haven't gotten there yet, but if we haven't woke, woke, woken up and, and been on the right side of the bed and, and got out there and gotten our win in, So I, I, I run daily and I'll get up and I have to get my run in and that's my win. So at least on that part, if I go out and the next thing I get kicked in the teeth, well, I've already won the one in that first step and said, okay, I did that and move that forward. And you, you, I see but, your what years.
1: you just said. I got to get my running. Mm-hmm. I have to, that's a mindset. Yeah. Very few people have a mindset, oh, I got to run. The normal mindset is like, oh, I'm supposed to run, um, and I need to get running. You know, I used to run. You know, you saying, oh, I got to wake up. I got to run. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a mentality, right? And so a person with that mentality is going to run because I got to. You know, a person mm-hmm. who's easily compromised, you know, they might run Monday and take Tuesday off and – blow off wednesday and they might run friday and they're not going to be consistent so you've made up your mind that you gotta run every morning and that's beautiful and,
0: and that's a fact and that that's something that it, it, it's a learned habit and but it all goes that we all can do that right we can all step forward and when you said that a key word there that i used to do right and that that's that that's that philosophy that gets so engaged with so many people as they grow up right so I used to like to do all these things, and then for some reason something told you to stop because you're supposed to fit in this box, you're supposed to be at that point. What's usually the trigger? What gets these people stuck where they can't get out of that cycle anymore because they used to have that ambition or they used to do these things, and now they're, they, they've lost that, that winning way or that, that way to get ahead?
1: Well, you know, the truth is we're all committed to something, right? And so I think a lot of times we might be committed to the wrong thing. So, you know, some people are committed to work right? They just work hard, right? I got no matter what, I'm going to work, right? Some people are committed to doing nothing. They avoid work. They hide from work. Like if you ask them to do something, you know, they'll try and get out the way and make an excuse and, you know, slip out the back door and, and, and try their best not to work. And so some people are committed to golf. Some people are committed to Facebook and social media. You know, some people are committed to drugs. Some people are committed to alcohol. Like no matter what, You know, I'm gonna have my vodka. (laughs) You know, neighbors across the street, you know, every day at five o'clock, they do a a vodka line. Only one, only one, but you know, he's a lawyer and he says, oh man, my wife and I, every day at five o'clock, no matter what, we have our cocktail and they do it every single day. Why they've invited us over and we go over, they don't have two, they don't have three, Mm-hmm. They have one vodka line every day. And so in life, you know, depending on what habits and what rituals you give yourself to, it's going to dictate what kind of success you have. So for me, I used to shoot 500 jump shots a day. Every single day. So I played eight years of pro basketball. And people said, man, you could really shoot, man. Walter Bond's a shooter. Well, hell, I'll shoot 500 shots a day. I gotta get my shots up, that was my mindset. I gotta get my shots up. And so when I got into business, we were able to get off the ground quick because my wife and I created some new habits and rituals. I would call 25 people a day and ask them to buy. You know, I became a committed salesperson every day, no matter what. I mean, if you do do, do the math, if you call 25 people a day, every single day, no matter what, just like you gotta run, I gotta get my 500 shots up, I got to call 25 people a day in a year's time. you know that's 6,000 people?
0: Yeah, I've been do sales
1: right? trainings for companies yeah. and they're blown away. I said, man, one simple activity every day made me wealthy. Just 25 calls a day and it don't even take more than two hours. Like yeah. that two hour of work set me up to be wealthy. Wouldn't you do it? Mm-hmm. But for some reason, people rather be committed to Facebook.
0: Yeah. Doing like They... There, there's this, this thing that I don't want to look stupid, right? And I like, I, I don't like when I make that call and I hear it all the time. I actually just, it's funny you said, it. I just got off a call uh, where, where I coached students to buy apartment buildings and, and the, he didn't want to call the brokers. He didn't ask, he didn't know the questions to ask. I said, you know, one of my favorite things to ask when I don't know the question to ask is what are the questions I should be asking that I'm not? And You put that in front of them, and then – because we 're 're you have to start somewhere right, and usually that 's that part where we 're so fearful it 's like if I'd never ride a bike if I was fearful at a kid, you know like and we 're going through those points where the kids are learning right now to, to ride bikes, and you see the fear, and then all of a sudden, now two seconds later they 're down the street, but we stop ourselves so many times where where we, we don 't want to look silly right we don't want we don't want to reach out but and is it that we can't see the potential in trying? Is that where you see a lot of the, the missteps or is it that we're too comfortable in where we are?
1: Well, you know, I think a lot of it goes back to what I said earlier, your mindset mentality. And mm-hmm. I think that, honestly, parenting plays a huge role. That the way I was raised was, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was a thinker. Um, He was always thinking. And if he made a mistake, he would say, My fault, my bad. And I love the fact that he was smart. He was intelligent, but he wasn't above apologizing. You know, we we saw him make mistakes and he would own them. We saw accountability. So it doesn't take a lot for me to say, My fault, my bad. And we have other people who will go through painful links, elaborate defense mechanisms, just to be able to say, I'm sorry. Or my bad? And I don't know where you learn that from, um, but you can teach someone to be accountable. So when I think about how we can condition our kids, how we can condition our communities and our environments, you know, what happens if we make it cool to learn? You know, what happens if we make it cool to be able to say, you know what? And that's one of the things about the shark mindset I learned about sharks. They're curious creatures. You know, they never stop moving, which means they outwork every other fish but they're constantly learning. And the reason they bite us, and this is fascinating, is that they see this thing in the water that doesn't look like a fish. So they're curious. And they're like, is that a, um, um, is that a turtle? Because if you think about it, a turtle has arms and legs, and a turtle has a mobile head, so a lot of times sharks get confused between humans and turtles. They take one bite of us, and they go, yuck, nasty. And they it and spit us out. But they're curious, and they're very observant of their environment. And so they go over and check it out. And so imagine if we were that way, observant of our environment. Imagine if we were curious and always learning, right? Imagine if we had incredible work ethic. I mean, these principles we teach in Mark's Shark Mindset, you know, through our book, Swim, is no different than Mm -hmm. how I made it to the NBA. I was curious. I was hardworking. I had a great attitude, right? I had great coaches, great mentors. Those same principles that helped me get to the NBA helped me become a Hall of Fame speaker. And so now I teach people. I'm like, look, dude, I flunked out my first high school. People don't know that. I tell them now i huh. have been successful. But I went to one of these top academic high schools, and I got my lunch handed to me. I mean, these were some of the smartest kids in Chicago. And I competed in sports, but I can honestly say I didn't compete in the classroom because I felt defeated. I actually felt and believed these kids are smarter than me. And my father would always say, no, they're not. They're not smarter than you. And I would say, yes, they are. <laughs> I was okay being the best athlete. I was okay being, you know, the best social guy, life of the party. But I honestly believed that these people were smarter than me. And now at 51, my dad was right. They weren't smarter than me. I just believed they were. My mindset convinced me that intellectually I was inferior to my classmates. And I don't know why I thought that and believed that, but there was a series in my life where I did. And think about the people who have struggled with confidence a low self-esteem, you know, just as a lifestyle. I can, I get it. Like, man, I, I, I was convinced that these people were smarter, but luckily I had a mentor that challenged this lie. Huh. He was like, no, you're not. Cause my brother and sister went to this school. Yeah, my father was like, You're just as smart as your brother and sister. Like, where like where are you getting this yeah. from? Like, who yeah. told you you weren't as smart as them? And I don't know where I got that mindset, but my father helped me get over that mindset.
0: Yeah,
1: and I tell you what, man, I go back to the f- class reunions now, uh-huh. and it's crazy because financially, I almost probably outproduced all of them. <laughs> yeah, and he's same people that I just swore was so much smarter than me. Now, not that money is the indicator, now I go back and they're looking at me and saying, man, you were successful. And I was like, oh my God, it's just awkward. And that's the kind of transformation I want for people to say, look, yeah. I, I can relate to you having all these things in your head, but let's, let, let's get some of this thinking out. Let's start thinking the right way. And then we can help change your mindset, we can help change your outcome. Now think about that. We, we can yeah. help change your outcome of your life. And that's the business I'm in. You know, we're in the transformation business trying to really help people get the right mindset so that they can operate at their potential.
0: Well, you, you talked on mentorship, and one of the, the biggest things that I look back that, that I didn't do for a long time was that I, did, you know, I went from playing sports, having coaches, having like mentors around. Like The coaches sometimes facilitate as mentors, right? And then you leave that space, and you go off on your own, and you forget that whole part, right? And you forget about, oh, maybe I had someone around me that was always helping me or giving me critiques at this point, and I did that for many years, and I, I missed that, right? And then also, it took me years to realize that that was the missing piece, right? I didn't have someone on my side that was just saying you – know, that was just giving me criticism in a way that was productive and also giving me insight on wh- what else I could be doing. Because I, I, there's a certain point, like I, I, I thought it was a ceiling because I didn't know there was another side, there was another floor above, right? And so what was it about the mentor at that point? Do you remember there was a, sp- a specific moment that you got past that thought? Was there anything that really happened that helped you turn the curve and say, you know what, I am good enough to be here. This, th- what I've been putting in my mind, it, it's, it's just in my mind by me, it's, it doesn't act, it's not actually true,
1: you know, what What happened is that I eventually, over time, began to believe what my mentor told me over what I believed about myself. And that was my dad. I flunked out of my first high school, and I transferred to his high school. And so he became my high school principal. And every day on the way to school, it was like good game. Your, your dad was a principal? Yeah, he was my principal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And uh, every day, he would just talk to me. And, and how school... You know, hey, good game, but how's, how's chemistry? You know, good game last night, but how how's, how's algebra? You know, hey, Minnesota's coming in to recruit you tomorrow, but are you ready for your test? And so, mm-hmm. you know, he made a statement that this family produces student-athletes. And it was a moment that I'm the youngest. My brother and sister are going to college. You know, I had a big sister that played college ball at USC with a girl named Cheryl Miller. So my oh, sister man. won national championships, my dad's in the Hall of Fame. I was named after his brother who played Major League Baseball. So I came from a family that played sports at a high level. But my old man was like, look, we produce student athletes. Yeah. You know, it's not enough in this family just to be a good athlete. We produce student athletes. And so as a youngest, I spent every day with my dad. You know, I would ride to school with him. I would come home and he would just talk to me. You know, he would just ask me questions. And eventually he began to change my mindset. And eventually, I began to get confidence in the classroom. i never forget, we played the number one team in the country. Uh, They had the number one player in the country, a high school called King High School. They had a kid named Marcus Liberty. Number one team, number one player, and we beat him. And I, I basically held off the number one player in the country. I mean, I didn't outplay him, but he didn't outplay me. So we basically canceled each other out. And the rest of my teammates were better than his other teammates. And i never forget, I came to school the next day, and everybody's like, man, you stepped up. I had like 29 points, you know. And I was like, thanks, thanks, great game. And all I wanted to do was get to the counselor's office because I had a 2.9, and I just wanted a 3.9. And literally on my way to the office, everybody was like, man, good game, man. And everybody was talking about the game. And I was like, all right, thanks, man. Thanks. You know, cool, cool. I need to talk to a counselor. And I got into the office. And the first time in my life, I was pissed off about my grades. She Mm -hmm. says, Walter, you got a 2.9. Honestly, I did some math. And it's mathematically impossible for you to get a 3.0. Like, you're doing great now. But you were in such a hole when you got here academically (laughs) that the best you could do was 2.9. And honestly, that was the best thing that ever happened because I was committed to getting out this hole. And at 2.9 represented that, man, I sabotaged myself.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: You know what I mean? Like I turned it around, but man, I can't do that again. Like, dude, I sabotaged me. And at 2.9 became almost like a benchmark to say, this is what happens when you sabotage yourself. So I went on to college, uh, graduated in four years, um, thrived in my major, um, and the rest is history. But that adversity that I faced academically, I got through it because of the mentor and the coach. Now, let me let me be real, real transparent. You can't do great things without support. You cannot do – you look at Tiger Woods, okay, was on pace to be the greatest golfer ever without question, and then his father passes it. And when you become an an, an elite athlete, man, you live such a lonely life. There's very few people you can talk to that genuinely want you to succeed and have no ulterior motives. They're not trying to get pregnant and have any babies by you. They're not trying to sue you. Mom and dad just care for you and your success. And Tiger Woods lost his main support. And we saw him literally self-destruct. We all need support. And we're talking about the most mentally tough athlete we've ever seen in golf. Sunday afternoon, Tiger could be behind four strokes. Everybody knew he was going to win. Yeah, Michael Jordan, greatest player of all time. Father passed away. And next thing we know, he quit basketball and started playing baseball. Mm-hmm. And I would tell people, I was like, man, that has something to do with his dad. I don't know if he's mourning his dad, Did his dad love baseball. There was some connection between Michael Jordan mourning his father and quitting ba- basketball at his prime to go and play baseball. And I watched The Last Dance, and he said it. He goes, man, mm-hmm. you know, when my father died, I just wanted to get away. My father always loved baseball. and He would always tell me I should have been a baseball player. I, I knew yeah. it. Because, you know, my father passed away. Right? And I was just like, oh, man, like, I lost my number one guy. I lost my favorite teacher. I lost my high school principal. I lost that one guy. When I'm struggling, I can call him, old man, and he knows exactly what to say. He knows when to encourage me. He knows when to chew me out. <laughs> he mm-hmm. knows when to be quiet. He just mm-hmm. always knew how to support me. And so when I go around this world, honestly, I just want to be a support. And to your point earlier, like, we all need mentors, and I believe in that. But after I lost my father, I made a commitment that, you know what? I need to become a mentor. Mm. <laughs> I need to become that guy for somebody else because I'm the youngest. I could play baby brother all day. Yeah. <laughs> I could play <laughs> baby brother. Yeah, seriously, like, I could play that role, you know, because I'm the youngest, right? And so yeah. now at 51, I'm like, how long am I going to be Little Walter? You know, and so I've decided to put my big boy pants on and we coach and we mentor people all over the world. Had breakfast yesterday with a CEO of one of the most powerful brands in America. And we coach and mentor billionaire business leaders. And so at some point, we all need to put on our big boy pants and big girl pants and stop looking for a mentor. And at some point say, you know what, I need to be a mentor.
0: You know what's so helpful about that thought track there is that you can still learn so much because you know we, we all get to a certain age. Where you can still learn. I, I learn a lot from from helping other people do things because you see what they're doing, the struggles you're doing, and it reinforces at times what you're doing, and also really creates new ideas of, of what you need to go forward. You said a lot when you when you had that big game in high school. It was like that shark mentality. You said I had this awesome game, but and and what you see with a lot of successful people is you were going down that hallway. You had your win, but you're still moving forward because you going to get that other win. You got to get that three because that's that's the other win, right? I'm not just gonna say hey yeah, I got this great game. I could just stop there. Hey, 2.9. Yeah. Okay. But I had this awesome game. No, the shark mentality, the sharks always moving forward that, and that's where it starts building. You see that trajectory and it leads to everything else she did here. And it, it just, it's, it's great to see that through line. And when you think about really what you've accomplished and you, and you look back and, and you look at the lessons, what's, the advice now at this stage that you're giving your future self if you look 10 years out and you say if you're and you're you're 10 years out as that person what's the advice 10 years out from here that you're giving yourself now
1: wow probably be more organized um Mm -hmm. you know uh, probably you know one thing about being an athlete you know your game right you you know what you do well you know what you don't do well me trying to dunk on somebody is a waste of time (laughs) That was not my game. You know, I'm not going to out-athleticize you. So if I got caught up in that, I'm I'm not at my best, you know. And, and so as an athlete, I knew my game. As a baseball player, I knew my game. As a football player, I knew my game. And that's one thing I love about sports. When you go to practice every day, you get to know what you do well, and you get to know what you don't do well, and it's okay, right? And so when I got into business – yeah. The same thing is true. Like I know what I do well. I know what I don't do well. And so Mm. it's really helped me become successful because I only do that which only I can do. I mean, I'm an award-winning Hall of Fame keynote speaker. Mm. There's not many people on this earth that can do what I do with a microphone with 60 minutes and people. I'm talking about 25,000 people. I'm talking 5,000 people. It might be a hundred people. It don't matter. There's not many people on this earth that's gifted to do what I can do with a microphone. But I'm smart enough to realize there's people in that audience that can do some stuff that I can't do. And I'm okay with that because we all are gifted differently. And as I got into business, being organized and efficient is something I had to learn how to do. And B, I never had a real job. You know, it's not like I came out of college and got hired by Target and, and, and worked in their corporate office. And, you know, I did her internship. I'm a ball player. I played pro basketball until I was 31. In fact, I put a resume together and basically the job offers I got were horrible. They were entry level. I'm like, dude, I'm 31. My bills are not entry level. I can't take an entry level job at 31. I'm not 21. And I felt forced into entrepreneurship. You know, Mm. I thank God that I was because it created a whole nother income potential for me. But when you never had a real job, Like, how do you, (laughs) I had no context of being professional or being corporate. Uh, What do you wear to a business meeting? What do you say at a business meeting? How many drinks do you have at the cocktail reception? What do you do to get a business card? What should my business card say and have? I didn't, I, I knew none of that. And literally we had to get on the fast track. And I was playing catch up to my peer group that had been working for a decade. Think about that. Uh My peer group that graduated college in 1991, I launched my business in 2001, had a 10 year head start, and I knew it. And so I had to catch up. And the good thing is that a lot of people think I've done more than catch up. But when I got into business, I was humble and I was willing to learn. I began to read books, I began to network. I began to get access to successful people. And that might be, you know, one of the most important things I've ever done is that my wife, it was her idea. She was like, Walter, think about it. You played in the NBA and you hung around Carmelo Malone and John Stockton, and you played against Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. I mean, you were there with the best and now you're a business guy you know, we need to get you around successful business people, like really successful business people. I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. And so we always belong to country clubs. We always join country clubs. And to this day, since I retired, we have always belonged to country clubs. So now I belong to one in Florida. We have nine billionaires, Uh, Bernie Marcus, the founder of home Depot is in here. You got hedge fund guys. My neighbor across the street sold a company for five hundred million. One day, I jokingly asked him. He goes, "Walter, you're never home." I said, "Man, if I had your plane, I'll be home more often." I'm joking. He goes, "Yeah, you're probably right." <laughs> Dude has his own plane. I mean, like a Cessna, like a. Ooh. And so, by 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 getting around successful people, it really helped me with my mindset toward business, and now. Like my father always said, you're just as smart as they are. Yeah. If I didn't have that confidence coming out of high school that was ingrained in me, there's no way I could have moved in here and felt secure. Yeah, I'd have been, man, these people are wealthy. They're smarter than me. And I came in here like, you know what? You're not smarter than me. Like, I don't care how much money you made. I don't care who you are. You're smart, but you're not smarter than me. And so let's get to know each other.
0: What's the best question to ask someone who, who's ahead of you and at a position that, that you're at? What, what's a great question you, you
1: should ask? You know, what's been the keys to your success? You know, I mean, a lot of times it's very simple. You know, when I started, started my speaking business, I knew what I needed to do to be successful. I had to be very entertaining and I had to give my audience great information. It was literally that formula. And, and any speakers out here listening today, great speakers are very entertaining and dynamic and they give you great information. It was that simple, and so we built a career on those two principles. So if you ever get a chance to sit down with someone in your industry that's incredibly successful, just ask them, what's their two things? You know, I just did a, a mastermind with a, with a multimillionaire in the optical industry, and he goes, you know what? I always have ideas that solve a problem, and I'm not afraid to network at the top. And it was just like boom. <laughs> You know, that's why I've been able to be successful. I had come up with ideas and solve problems. Um, I network at the top. Nice. And, you know, basically that's the key.
0: When you look back, playing some of the greatest players, some of my favorite players to watch growing up, and and you look at that and, and you say, you know, I stood my ground to that. How can other people find that in their daily environment to to, to look up to others instead of, instead of looking at, those and, and feeling maybe upset because someone's further along. I feel like social media today, we, we all, we all get a, a vision of where people are and we don't see the journey. Right. And it gets us caught in that, that spot here where you say, well, that guy's there. So I might not, might as well not even try, or that lady, she's got a million, uh, you know, YouTube followers. So I'm not going to try this person. You know, he's got this mega job, like, like your friends who were you know, your, all your um, people that were around you, you thought where you at that stage were 10 years ahead of you because they were, they were 10 years in the business. But how do we adjust to say they're just normal people?
1: Well, you know, first first of all, I, I think a lot of people don't understand abundance. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think if you understand abundance, if you understand how much is really out here, you know, how, how resourceful this world really is, if you understood that, you would never be jealous of another person because your blessings have nothing to do with anybody else. In fact, if you do the right things, your blessings will come your way. And if you don't understand that, yeah, you're going to be jealous, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to see someone have success and you're like, oh man, and you hate on them. And you literally become a hater because it's like, because that person has success, somehow it's going to hinder me. You know, I I remember being Mm -hmm. in the NBA. I mean, you got excited when your buddy got a new contract. You know, when your buddy got a new contract, you got excited because you knew as salaries escalated, you were next. Mm-hmm. And all you had to do was handle your business. All you had to do was do your job. And if you don't get it here, you'll get it somewhere else, right? Yeah. So you, you're not jealous when your teammate gets a new contract. You're excited. You know, think about Kirk Cousins in the NFL. I'm a Viking fan. Mm. You know, he did a record contract uh, two years ago with the Vikings, Those other NFL quarterbacks weren't jealous or upset because they knew.
0: Here we come. Aaron
1: Rodgers is probably like, man, thank you. Like, you pushed the envelope, right? McCoy was down there in Kansas City. Kirk Cousins, thank you. Like, I'm not jealous of you. I'm thankful that you pushed the envelope. I remember a guy named John Konkak. You might not remember this name. He played Mm -hmm. for the Atlanta um, Hawks. He was a seven-foot white guy. Decent player, wasn't special, wasn't bad. He was mm-hmm. solid. i never forget, he signed a five-year, $25 million contract. And a lot of people like, oh, man, that's too oh. much money. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, man, it would just open up the door that the salaries were escalating. Mm-hmm. He happened to be the first one now. A five-year, $25 million contract is like, that's all?
0: Yeah, It's, right? <laughs> it's crazy.
1: So, so to, back to your point,
0: yeah,
1: every industry is lucrative. Every industry is lucrative. So no matter what industry you're in, It's lucrative, right? My industry is a $6 billion industry. Hmm. I don't need to get jealous of anybody else. All I need to do is focus on, you know what? How can I become the best in the world at what I do? Because if it's a $6 billion industry, if I get to the top of the food chain, all I need is a little piece of that pie. Hmm.
0: That's
1: (laughs) right. To me, when you see someone being successful, don't hate on them. Respect Mm -hmm. them. Be happy for them and to your best ability learn from them because there are some things they're doing right. Mm -hmm. And I hate to see people, you know, get negative and jealous of somebody successful because honestly, you're crippling yourself. I can learn from anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I once watched a video and it became viral on on YouTube. It was a black guy that went to KKK rallies. Mm -hmm. And on the surface, you're like, man, that's crazy. Like, why would you go to a KKK rally? And his attitude, like, I just wanted to learn their mindset. I just wanted to learn. I'm not here because I agree with it. I just want to learn where they're coming from. He befriended the leader of this sect of the KKK, and they became like best friends, Mm. built a relationship. And this guy ended up leaving the KKK because of Uh this relationship. And so that was never his intent. He was just like, honestly, I'm going because I just want to understand where they're coming from. Like I don't get it. So let me understand. And they began to hear each other. They had respectful dialogue. And eventually, the leader of the KKK, this little sect, the chapter, whatever they call it, eventually left the KKK because he was like, you know what? Here I am. My best friend is like a black. Guy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love it. I've actually heard this story because you think about it. It's like one of the biggest things that happens is we get so stuck in our ways that we forget to hear what someone else has to say. And we, we so we ultimately just, uh, my way is right, but you haven't heard the other side. So it's like, you know, this if you're just going to say the sky is red, but you've never looked up, right? But the, the sky is red and you haven't, you don't actually ever hear what the other person's saying. Well, how can we have a a, a conscious conversation about anything? Right? So, and that's one of the things if we could just Everyone could just take the other point in. You may not agree with it, but you will learn either two things, why, you're, why you why believe in your point stronger or why you should open up and, and hear more about what the other person's talking about. It's paramount. It is.
1: And, and, and it's okay. We don't have to agree. It's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just because I don't agree with you don't mean I'm an idiot. It doesn't mean that you got to come hit me. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you got to hate me. It doesn't mean you got to shoot me. Like, we just don't agree. It's okay. Yeah. It, it, it's okay. There is yeah. what... Three hundred and thirty million people in America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How in the heck are you gonna get three hundred and thirty million people to to agree?
0: Yeah,
1: I mean it, it's it's idiotic to think you are.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: crazy, and, and and people with passion and to me, you're just not smart. You're just not smart if you want three hundred and thirty million people to agree with you.
0: It's true. i mean,
1: seriously, you you're an idiot. Yeah, if you believe three hundred and thirty million people should agree with you. We come from different backgrounds and ideologies and, and cultures. Like, dude, it's okay if I don't agree with you, right? And so that's on both sides of any fence, of any aisle. I don't care if it's politics. I don't care if it's religion. I don't care if it's faith. Man, 330 million people in America, come on, man. Find the ones that do believe in what you believe on. Y'all gonna hang out. It's okay. Have a good time.
0: Well, Walter, I, I've so enjoyed your time. I want to be respectful because I, I really appreciate you coming on. I know uh, you're doing so much. What going forward, how, how, what's your outlook on, on the speaking space for the next, you know, 12, 18 months? How are, how are you adjusting or, or what are you looking forward to?
1: Well, you know, the crazy thing, um, this has been a huge blessing because I've been on the road the last 30 years of my life. Yeah. I you was know, an athlete traveled a lot in college, um, as a pro athlete, traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. As a motivational speaker the last, last 19 years, I've traveled a lot. And this is the longest stretch since I was in high school, where I literally slept in my bed and didn't have to leave town. I mean, so you're talking, the day I graduated high school, I had a report to the University of Minnesota because I was on a basketball scholarship. So you're talking 18 to 51. How many years is that? Thirty? Uh, Thirty-three. Over the yeah. years, yeah. and I've been traveling extensively. So honestly, these last four months have been huge. Wow. And a blessing. I've loved just being home cooking. Yeah. I love just sleeping in my bed. I love mm-hmm. spending quality time with my family. And we've been working hard getting our business online. Yeah. And I've been meaning to and wanting to. And this has been a blessing in disguise. I'm on Zoom today. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a mastermind that we launched, and we got people from all over the world joining it. Uh, we're building an online university, and without the coronavirus, mm-hmm. I on the road, living in hotels, eating out of restaurants, and now, I mean, this is giving me a chance to reset my business. And to me, this has been a gift of time. Yeah. So, anybody, if you don't like your life, or there's something that you've been wanting to fix or get around to, or you hate your job, like if you hate your job, now is all you want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there is no better time than now mm-hmm. to start it. Well, you might say, well, Walter, I'm broke. Well, hell, started broke. Mm-hmm. you broke, you're you, you going to be broke anyway. So started, started, started broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but time flies, right? And so if you, can, if you can launch a business right now, and if you're broke already, so what? The first year, hell, you make a little money. Second year, you like make a little bit more money because there's not a whole lot of new jobs happening right now. Mm-hmm. From what I can gather, that's going to really be career type of jobs, you know, or, or opportunities. So why not do your own thing? You know, they say that some of the, the biggest um, uh, millionaires came through and after the recession. Mm-hmm. right? So when you have these, these, these pivots, these shifts, life is never going to be the same. So imagine if you began to solve problems differently. Mm-hmm. You know, farmers are now selling directly to consumers. Right, you're cutting out the middleman, though. Right, so the mother need is a mother of invention. So who knows what's going to happen to that farmer who has some meat and or some milk, and he needs to figure out how to sell it? Well, maybe I can go direct. I don't need the grocery store anymore. Hey, why not? So there, there, there's some problems out here, but problems create opportunity. And remember this: chaos is a ladder. You know, sometimes in chaos. If you can keep a calm head and begin to solve problems, chaos. When I got CEOs calling me every day, all day, like, Walter, what's going on? What should I be doing? Just, you know, just, I trust you. You talk to a lot of business leaders. Just, what should I be doing? And I respect that because you do it. I talk to all industries and they don't just say, you know, what, what should I be doing right now? And that's humble. And that's, that's a great question. Because nobody knows what to do, honestly. People have ideas and hunches and guts. But you know what? I appreciate my clients saying, Walter, I don't know what to do. What are you seeing out here? And we have that dialogue and conversation. And when we get done, typically they're a lot more encouraged.
0: I love that. And one of my favorite things is any action is better than no action, right? Because you stand there, you got your feet in cement and you look back and you didn't go anywhere. At least on the action, you at least eliminate what you don't like or eliminate what doesn't work, right? If it, that's At least you get, you're get, you going somewhere, right? So, well, the,
1: tr- the truth is the worst thing you can do is nothing right now.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's you true. Know, if
1: you do nothing, you're in trouble. Yeah.
0: Well, Walter, I, I so appreciate it. So you can get the book. I actually got the book on Audible. You can go to Amazon and get the book Swim at WalterBond.com. Oh, yeah. it there
1: itself. you
0: go. I love it. So
1: sure, Bestseller. We've sold yeah. 10,000 books in um, less than a year. We're almost at a year now. It came out last July. Wow. Um, and so at a year, you sell 10,000 books. Our publishers like, dude, you are a rock star and we want to do your second book. I'm it. like, No, no, no. no. I'm going to keep, because this book right here about the sharp mindset, I'm telling you, That's how I made it to the NBA. That's how I became a Hall of Fame speaker. And my thought is, I'm a guy who flunked out of a high school. I'm not that smart. And if I can do it, you can do it. But you got to have the right mindset. And that's why sharp mindset is so important to me. And We teach the sharp mindset through our book, Swim. And it's a business parable. It's similar to Seven Habits. We have what we call the Sacred Six. And uh, when you get compared to Seven Habits and Stephen Covey, you know, you you, you got to blush. You got to blush. It.
0: That's a great place to be, for sure. Good. Yeah, I went through this. I actually got your actual six uh, sacred six actionable plan. You can actually take that and take a look at that right there. I'll let yes, them go to, go to the site right there and get that. But it's, it's some awesome stuff. It's a lot further on what we could talk to today. So, Walter, thank you so much for your time. Super
1: thank appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Have a great day.
1: All right, you too.
0: Join us for your second cup of coffee every Monday through Friday at noon. Live every day, bringing us our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check us out. Can't wait to see you.